0: A special guest with us now, new Steelers linebacker Miles Jack. Miles, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. So, first experience here in official capacity as a Steeler. What's this week been like so far?
1: Uh, man, it's been fun. Um, first of all, just we've had time to learn the new playbook, to, but but to put it in action, um, learn the language, the nomenclature. Um, just trying to, you know, establish myself and get my feet in the water. But it's been fun, man. Just going against these guys. Uh, we got some good running backs, good receivers, good tight ends. So every day is a challenge. You know what I mean? So. I'm excited, man, and I'm, I'm very ready for next week. Miles,
2: I heard some comments you said about Brian Flores earlier this week. Mm-hmm. You know, you said he was one of the main reasons why you chose to come here. Just, Absolutely. How's it been working with him for these past two days, up close and personal? Uh,
1: oh man, it's been a blessing. um First and foremost, that that man is a head coach, so for me to have him no as question. a position coach, yeah, no question about it. So for for me to have the opportunity to have him as a position coach, I feel like I'm stealing. Mm-hmm. um And for me, that was the main thing coming here was just trying to make plays, trying to get my career back on track, and trying to get everything right. So I feel like it's been a great mixture. He's been teaching me so much and just the how detail oriented he sure, is that's sure. that's something that I really needed and it's been great like I'm I'm blessed to have him
0: I'm sure along that same vein you know you went through a lot of change mm-hmm. when you were in Jacksonville Absolutely. the stability of a guy like Mike Tomlin 15 right. years here I imagine that was part of what attracted you to Pittsburgh as well
1: Absolutely um you always hear guys, when I was in Jacksonville, you hear guys coming in and they're talking about different cultures and everything. But to actually get here and, and see what a winning culture is like and to hear how they speak and everything's delivered, everybody's held accountable, it doesn't matter who you are, um, that only makes you want to up your game and be, be better and better. So you can see why the Steelers have been in the playoffs mm-hmm. every year. You can see why they're a winning culture. And um, for me, it's it's just super cool. It's fun coming to work every day. And it's it's a blessing to be here, honestly. Like I'm I'm grateful to be here and I'm just working hard every day.
2: One of the biggest areas that the Steelers need to improve this year, Miles, is the run defense. Mm-hmm. What do you do to help, you know, solidify that run defense and help bring it back from the bottom of the league where it was last year?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the main thing I'm I'm very, like, active with is just knowing my run gap, kind of filling, right. the, uh, filling the defensive line. Maybe if somebody gets bumped a gap or two, I can replace it. Um, just being where I'm supposed to be. I right. think that's the main thing is building that wall so that way they don't have those gaps and those seams to be there. So when you diagnose run, hurry up and get down strike that lineman and get off the block so it's a quick thing it's a quick feeling I feel like I have that being in the league for going into my seventh year so I'm, I'm happy to contribute and I can't wait to be a part of this.
0: Well, we're excited to watch you get at it we know you've got a position meeting to mm-hmm. get to thank, thank you. you for taking a couple minutes for us we appreciate Absolutely. it. Welcome Thanks to Pittsburgh. For having
1: Pittsburgh.
0: Miles Jack Newest Steelers linebacker kind enough to take a few minutes with us there uh, looking for big things from him and Devin Bush in the middle of that defense this season and you know, again, that's another, I, I, I talked with you, you know, yesterday we had we had James Daniels on, another guy who is, you know, entering his fifth year in the league, and it is funny, in a lot of aspects of life, if you've only been doing something for four or five years, you're still relatively new at it. Right. In, in this profession, you're a veteran. You know, J- James Daniels talking about I'm one of the oldest guys on the offense, I'm coming in here as a new guy, everyone's kind of looking for me, but it was the same thing. We asked him what attracted you to Pittsburgh, and it was, you know, in Chicago, there were a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of turnover. There was some good years, but there were some bad years as well, too. It was a roller coaster here in Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin's tenure. It's it's kind of been, you know, it's been a steady, consistent, um, successful franchise. And, and obviously you get some of that from, from Miles Jack as well, I, I too. I can't imagine a more drastic change of coaching going from Urban Meyer Seriously. last year <laughs> yeah. to Mike Tomlin this
2: year and this Steelers coaching staff. I mean. He might have been. He might be moving from the least stable organization in the NFL to one of the most stable organizations. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I have to imagine that when he was trying to figure out where his landing spot was going to be, that had to play into it. It had to be. I've been in Jacksonville for six years. Had four different, been, three or four it's different just head coaches. Been a dumpster. I mean, we had success early in my career, but it's just been a dumpster fire ever since. And they don't really seem to have a, a real strong plan moving forward. I mean. And so many of you my teammates, they It traded supposed to be the next yeah. one. And then we can't even get through the next season with him with our same head coach that the start of the season. So I have to imagine he was just completely fed up with that kind of turmoil and can't come to a more stable place than here.
0: No, no, you, you certainly can. And I think, you know, it, it is – you see that in these new guys that come here, that kind of renewed sense, I think, of just security and stability and all these different things that as an athlete you absolutely have to crave. Um, and so that's that's awesome to hear. And, and man, some, some high praise there for Brian Flores, as, as you imagine, as well, too. Um, that is the, the biggest X factor in this kind of equation for me. And I know we've, we've talked about it, but, man, you you've got a defensive staff now. Uh, that's going to – and we all know Mike Tomlin, It's it, the defense is his baby. He's, he's, he's very involved. Yes, very in, involved. He's, he's very involved in that process, and you just need to listen to any of the guys on that side of the football when they talk about Mike Tomlin to confirm that. But you've also now got Terrell Austin, who's been with the organization for a few years, who's got the familiarity, who's also been a defensive coordinator around the NFL before. I mean, when he was with the Detroit Lions, and you know, it's funny, those, that's one of those franchises that we, that we, that we talk about um, – in terms of being not so stable, right? Uh, He, you know, come here, it's the complete opposite, but he was still able to have success with that defense there. We're going to talk more about all of that, but sitting down with us right now, we'll go to the other side of the football. We've got Steelers' new offensive lineman, Mason Cole, sitting down with us here. If uh, If I can give you this headset there, Mason, thank you. Everything sound all right in your ears and everything? Perfect. Perfect. Well, welcome to Pittsburgh. What's it been like, you know, first week here in the black and gold?
3: Uh, it's been awesome man. Uh, I mean you I don't know if you saw it or not, but this culture here is unbelievable and um, Really happy to be a part of it and hopefully win a bunch of games here
0: you coming over from Minnesota, obviously. Um, I believe it was earlier this week I heard you talking about just the stability that is Pittsburgh and particularly throughout Mike Tomlin's tenure and the consistency of winning seasons and playoff appearances. Is, is that something that, that clearly attracted you to this place?
3: Yeah, for sure, and it's by no accident either, right? It doesn't just happen. Um, I mean, Tom, Mike, Coach Tomlin's been awesome, and, and the culture he's built around here and the city's built is, is unbelievable, and to be a part of it is really special.
2: Mason all five of you guys on the offensive line have to work together as one really more so than any position on the field how hard is that to do as a free agent coming into a new environment or you know the Steelers have a really young offensive line or is is it maybe a little easier than you thought it would be
3: you know it's not as hard as a lot of people think but that's what this time is for you know OTAs and training camp is to build that continuity with that group um, learn how learn how the guys next to you play and I mean, that's the huge thing, right? There's five individuals on the offensive line, but we all have to play together as a unit. Um, we have to be on the same page. We have to communi- right. communicate well. Um, but if we can do all those things, if we can communicate well and all be on the same page, then then we'll be all right.
0: One of the things that, you know, people have been discussing ever since you, you know, signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, your position flexibility. Um, I know, obviously, you've played a lot of center. I, I, you, know, you played some guard last year, did really well on Thursday night against the Steelers last season, by the way. <laughs> I think that, that might have been part of what put you on their radar. Um, and then I believe at Michigan you played some tackle even as well, too, right, yep. when you were in college. Does yep. it feel to you, though, like is center the position where you think you belong, or is that flexibility something that you're, you know, that you're kind of willing to ride with?
3: center is certainly the position I feel most comfortable just because I've started the most games there. Um, I don't think I could play tackle so, <laughs> <laughs> on
1: the i be honest with you. A little in different beast in In an emergency <laughs> situation, I could be out there and, and hold
3: someone's spot. But any uh, of the three interior spots that I feel comfortable I could play at a high level at. But I, I do think center is where I feel the most comfortable at. But that's just because I played there the most. Sure, sure.
2: Mason, the Steelers' run offense is going to be the bread and butter this year. That's what everybody thinks. Najee Harris obviously a stud. You, I don't have to tell you that. What do you guys have to do up front to really improve the gaps that he has in front of him? What do you have to do as a unit to improve this rush offense?
3: You know, I, I think the first thing, and a lot of people may or may not know this, but schematically we have to have the right fit. And you can be, you can do a lot of things, but you have to find the thing that you're good at. Whether it be mm-hmm. inside zone, gap scheme, whatever you're good at, you got to find what's good, what you're good at, your group's good at, what Najee's good at, even though he's probably good at everything. <laughs> um, but, I mean, but seriously, you got, you got to find what works for you and what's going to be our identity. And, and once we establish that, then you got to roll with it. Um, you know, I, I think running the ball a lot of times is a mindset, too. I think uh, in this league you have to you have to run the ball well to win games. Uh, in this, this new era of the league with all these passing offenses and stuff, uh, when it comes down to it, you, you still have to run the ball sure. well. Um, not saying you have to get a million yards a game, but you have to run it efficiently to win football games in this league. And Probably, I would think,
0: effectively in those big moments as well, too, when it's time to kind of close down a game and, and right. see things out. I
3: mean, situa- situationally, running the football is one of the hardest things in the game. But yeah. to, to win games, you have to do that, and you have to be good in those situations.
2: We obviously don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback at this point yet. How do you kind of use this time and mini camp coming up and then into training camp to kind of, like, spread some experience around with all three of those guys? Because you, you don't know who you might be
3: snapping the ball right. to. You know, I, I think it's good. I mean, we get reps with everyone out there. And yeah. Um, we, we got a really good quarterback room all across the board, so um, obviously that'll get sorted out whenever we'll it gets sorted out. But it, it's been fun getting to know these guys and, and learn how they play and um, learn how they communicate. And just from here and out, like I said, just th- this time in training camp is is to get to know those guys and know how they work, know how they play. You know, you get you get some downtime right after the season, then you kind of get back into training come February and March. You're training hard, and and now we're an OTA, so we're doing a lot more football stuff. And I think as you get closer to your training camp. Um, you really got the biggest thing is being in shape, right? You you have to be in shape, and um, you can't be crushing the body in the weight room too much. I don't think in hmm. like July because you don't want to be right. beat up going into sure, sure. training camp. But being in good physical shape, I think, is huge, right? Because uh, your body goes through a lot come training camp, and, and being in good shape is huge. And and also taking some time off, right? You gotta you gotta learn to separate work and recharge those batteries. And when you got when you got some time off, six weeks here or whatever at the end of the month, um, you need some time to get away, right? You, so once training camp comes, it's on for six months, right? Like, I, I we have a kid. I, my wife and I have a kid as uh, almost a year and a half, and so it's been great, obviously amazing being in the off season now. Sure, spending time, spending him, time like, yeah, trying to get as much time with him as possible because I know once August, especially being at Latrobe, like absolutely going absolutely. there for two and a half weeks, three weeks, however long we're there, and then you know the season's such a grind. Absolutely, um, it's such a grind. So just just being mentally prepared for that and being in the right state of mind to be ready for that grind.
2: Well, the grind's certainly right around the corner. But how important is an OTA session like this, especially with you know there's a lot of new pieces on the offensive line, you included, James Daniels included, uh, new pieces on the defensive side. It's a very young roster overall. How important is these days here where they're voluntary, but a lot of good attendance here. Like you, you guys are growing as a team. I have to imagine.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's so much the the f- huge football aspect of it. Like our, our team stuff, we're not going like really full of speed, and, right. Um, but it's really getting the getting with your coaches learning their techniques like new offensive line coach here obviously new for me but um learning new techniques again being in the same room as the whole offensive line being in the same room as your position group and being around the quarterbacks and running backs and and just being around the whole team and we were just talking in there like there's there's no atmosphere in the world like an NFL locker room and and being in that locker room is so special so especially on a new team with new people um so many new people this year especially being in that locker room is huge well, we really appreciate your time. I know you got a million things going
0: on and probably meetings or other things you got to do or just getting back to that little boy and your family. Uh, Mason Cole, thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Nice thank you. So there he is, Steelers' new offensive lineman, Mason Cole. Uh, thanks to him for the time. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, uh, we will continue the conversation. You've got uh, Tom and I until 1 o'clock and then three hours with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson as well, too. So don't you go anywhere. We're breaking it all down for you from day three of the OTAs at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here on SNR. Back in Mr. Rooney's backyard here on SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz live from OTAs. Day number three now in the books for the team. Plenty to go still here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. you got about a half an hour more with Tom and I. Then we'll hand the headsets off to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. They'll drive you home with three hours of coverage right here on location. Matt uh, doing his big Steelers TV thing over there right now. Very, very popular man down here. He's a big shot. Um, Thanks to Steelers PR for hooking us up, as always. If you missed it in our last segment, we talked to both Miles Jack and Mason Cole. But if you missed it, don't worry. Uh, Just Steelers Blitz Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That will be uploaded shortly after we get off air here. If you want to replay that one, um, you can also continue to listen to SNR because it will be rolling back in the loop. If you are if you are listening to uh, to coverage directly from your uh, from your Steelers app or mobile website or iHeart as well too two uh, two good guys to talk to there Tom Miles Jack and Mason Cole and, and two certainly additions uh, this off season that. Listen, it's, it's not ever just on one guy. It's not ever just on one position group. But right. both of those guys, if they're able to turn in solid performances for 16, 17 games this season, stay healthy in the process, right. that will go a long way for this team.
2: Oh, no question. Those are two significant adds for this team. And, you know, there's no, like we've said a thousand times today, there's no real depth chart. But I can't imagine that those two don't find themselves yeah on the starting, uh, the first string as Cole at center and Jack in the inside linebacker mm-hmm. spot. So, mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on those two guys, you know. I didn't, you didn't really want to bring that up, but there, there it yeah. is, like there. No, there is, absolutely is, especially when it comes to being the center that has to potentially break in the rookie quarterback.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's that's a that's a very nice uh, layer to all of that as well, too. I agree with you. So let's 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 go there then, right? Um, James Daniels straight up told us yesterday, "I'm playing right guard for this team." Okay. And this is one of those things right I like we can, that we, I like can that. we can report it because he, he told he it to us. He said, Not center, not left guard, right guard is where I'm gonna be. How do you see the rest of the offensive line filling out then? Because then you have Mason Cole, you have Kendrick Green, you have Kevin Dotson essentially competing for two spots. Well, it's funny that, you know, Mason said, you know, we asked him about his
2: versatility and he was saying, you know, I'm joking, I, I couldn't play tackle in the NFL right now, but Anywhere on the inside, I'm comfortable. Yeah, You could tell he was leaning towards center, though. 100%, you could tell his 100%. favorite spot on the line is center. So it's funny you have James Daniels saying, I'm playing right guard. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There won't be you know, much of a position battle. Uh, as far as that's concerned, because I'm going to lock down that right guard spot, and then I think Mason Cole kind of has the same same idea in his head as far as the center spot yeah. concerned. You know, like I, he, that's, he I think was, you want he was them, a little more you, you know, want diplomatic about it. Good word. Yes, he was a little more diplomatic about it, saying I'm comfortable in every spot on the interior. But I think you know you could tell he wants to be the center spot. He thinks he pictures himself week one snapping the ball to whoever yes. is the quarterback. So yes, I think those two are pretty set. We think the tackles are set. I think it just comes down to that left guard position battle, my man, between Green and Dotson. And that's not a bad problem to have. No, it's two not. Two dogs, one bone. I wish we had two dogs, one bone last year when it came <laughs> to Kendrick Green because <laughs> it kind of felt like you just handed him that center job. It's more right? like we
0: had like seven dogs and no bone last year. <laughs> I think was the.
2: But you, you know the Steelers don't love to play rookies when they don't have to, and they certainly don't love to hand positions off to rookies, and you just had no choice last
0: year. You did. He it. had to be your starting center. Especially with the injuries that you had, with the surprise, you know um... – I almost said retirement, but I guess not technically. With the surprise release of David DeCastro as well, too, um, this year a lot of change. Still questions, but I think they're more manageable ones. And, and you heard former GM Kevin Colbert say, after or ahead of the combine, that the biggest regret he had last year was not adding one more piece to the, to the, offensive, the offensive line room. So, and listen. Hindsight's always 2020. 20. You're you're going to have that every year. Right. You, you just are, you're going to have a rash of injuries pop up at somewhere. You're going to have certain guys underperform. Um, but it was certainly tough for the Steelers last year, replacing Pouncey and DeCastro, two legends, uh, in the same offseason. You think hopefully they've got a better grip on that with the additions of James Daniels with Mason Cole as well too. Um, So, yeah, so there we are, and uh, great to hear from those guys. Thanks for their time, both Miles Jack and Mason Cole. Uh, Again, check the podcast if you want to hear those or just continue listening to SNR 24-7, and you'll hear them back in the loop. Wesley Uller, Tom Opperman here. we got about a half an hour to go in our last segment of the show, about 10-15 minutes from now. We'll get to your tweets. we got a few on Twitter already, but continue to get those in if you've got questions, comments, concerns, reactions as it relates to OTAs, the Steelers, just life in general. uh, You can tweet us at Wesley Uller at Madden Producer. That's where you find Tom. Show him some love uh, out there, our our loyal Blitz listeners. Tom, I did want to discuss with you today because you know it's it's like i i love that you're you know playing substitute teacher here today for Arthur Motes because a lot of the things that i've been picking his brain on over the last couple of days i could just pick your brain on here uh, now as well too go. recycling how, how do you see the cornerbacks shuffling because this is you know kind of similar to, not not in the same extent of Ben Roethlisberger of 18 years one team hall of fame career type thing but kind of the same extent you know for 4 or 5 years now When you got to OTAs, mini camp, training camp, right, there was no question about who the Steelers' number one corner was. It was Joe Hayden and and had been for a a, a sizable amount of time out here. He is gone. Now you've got Levi Wallace, uh, who was brought in from Buffalo. You've got Akella Weatherspoon, who was retained after a really strong second half of the season last year. You've got Cam Sutton, who's another one of those guys who has quickly seen himself go from the young guy to now a, a veteran amongst that group who how do you think that shakes out is it is it as simple as okay it's it's akello or Levi on one side, it's Cam Sutton on the other side, and then when you play nickel, right, or dime, you you bump Cam inside and and move one of those guys to the outside. Would you like to see them more solidified as both the guys on the outside? Is there a clear-cut number one in that group to you? How do you see all that playing out? I don't think there's a clear-cut number one. I think they've got a couple number twos, which doesn't
2: Hmm. mean a death sentence at all. It's better than having a couple threes. You can say that about the wide receiver position as well. True. I think that's very apt as far as the wide receiver position is concerned, but... I see Levi and Akello being the starters. I think that that's how it plays out, and I think that gives the opportunity to bump Sutton back into that slot role where he is the best of of his own abilities, is in that slot role. And I think you kind of took him out of his best spot last year, and it hurt your defense overall a little bit. Not, not detrimentally. Obviously, the pass defense was a lot better than the rush defense mm-hmm. was last year. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think you could have been getting a little bit more out of your secondary had Sutton been in that slot role. And then I I think Witherspoon's just end to the season last year, he came on so strong and made a a real solid push. Um, You do have to wonder, though, with him, was that just, you know, a good stretch of play? at the end of the
0: season last year, or did he turn a corner as far as his career is concerned? Right. That's that's the big question. And obviously, he was great. In the, I mean, had, what, four interceptions, yeah. I think, down the stretch. But you're right, you, you need to see it for a full 17 games. But what do you, like, I know that we, we didn't ask me this, but,
2: like, what do you think the deal is with Joe Hayden right now? Because, like, <sighs> I, I don't see him coming back here. I, I just... Some of the stuff that he's said makes it seem like... Yeah, but that could have been, you know, I said that, and sure, then I went to sure. the market, and the market wasn't what I thought it absolutely, was, so absolutely. it worked out that I'm back here in Pittsburgh. I just don't it's think clear the he wants to continue want. to play. Yeah, and I just don't think the Steelers feel the need to go out and sign them. I I don't know if the Steelers feel the need to go out and sign another corner at all, to be honest. It doesn't feel like it. I think they think that they've got their Because remember,
0: behind those three we mentioned, there's still Justin Lane, there's still, still James, James Pierre. Pierre. yeah. And all of a sudden, then you know, if you maybe if you do bring in a, a, another a Joe Hayden type, it's like, all right, or we, you know, we're some of these guys at the end that we think might have some potential. We're not going to see that. What's the trade-off there? I, if I'm, you were to bring back Joe Hayden,
2: though, I don't. I think we'd still be having this conversation because I don't agree. think he is a number one anymore. I think he's now dropped down to that upper echelon number two. I yeah. think he'd be I think he'd still be the best one that they've had on this roster, but price wouldn't work out. Age, he's he's aging out, and. Uh, Who knows if he wants a one-year deal, which would be the only kind of length that gets him one year.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think part of that, too, is Joe Hayden, Toby Keith, he ain't as good as he once was, but he can be as good once as he ever was. Like, you still saw that in flashes last season, but at the same time, there was some lack of availability, right? And that's the oldest cliche when it comes to sports. The best ability is availability, and, and Joe Hayden hasn't necessarily been the personification of that over the last couple of years and particularly last year. I'm not sure. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those wait till we get to training camp let's see what we really got and then we could always circle back, but it it's it is intriguing to me that he's still out there because I would have thought that I know. some team uh, would scoop even if it's a young team that just has cap space. See, yeah, would make him a you know offer him a little bit above market value to just to bring him in to be that presence to be presence, a number two to be, be a number a really two good number to be a two. mentor yes. for if if you've got a young secondary and some cap space to burn that feels like a no brainer to me. But that clearly hasn't been the case either. You know what I
2: thought was going to be be his landing spot i really thought the Bengals were going to kick the tires on him Hmm. get eli apple the hell out of that role and put joe hayden in that role but that was just one you know team just to bring up as an example like that's the mold that i envisioned him going to is a a team that's right on the doorstep of breaking through and winning a championship and they just need that solid number two cornerback that solid veteran in the secondary that you you Teams like that tend to overpay a little bit for, but if you yeah. get the payoff of winning the AFC or winning the Super Bowl, you're willing to overpay for anybody that you overpaid for. So I thought he was going to end up on a contender. Still might end up on a contender, but as far as the overpaid thing goes, the closer and closer you get to training camp, the less and less money you have in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That
0: salary cap space is dwindling. Yep. Teams start signing all their rookies. And which not only takes that, that, teams down know anymore. you're
2: getting desperate because – it's not a secret that he wants to play. He wants to play. There's no retirement on the horizon for right. him. It's not like, well, I'm, 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 I'm sifting through offers in the offseason, <laughs> and if I decide that they're not what I want, I'm, I'm going to hang them up. No, that's not an option, I don't think, for Joe Hayden. He wants
0: to be in the NFL this year. I, I think you're right. It, 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 all the messaging points to that. Um and maybe it's maybe it's a, a Richard Sherman type situation for him, where maybe he doesn't even start the season on someone's roster, but week three, week four, week five rolls around, some injuries pile up, and then he's brought in, um, you know, by a team who who thinks that they just need that piece in the secondary for some extra security and a guy that they can trust to to use in those type of situations. That's a good point by you, though. That 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 story is kind of flying under the radar. I I would have I'm with you. I would have thought that he would have been snapped up by somebody. I think he would have thought that too with his. And, and farewell maybe tweets to Pittsburgh as, as soon as free agency starts. Right? And maybe that's part of the, like, who knows? Listen, everybody, Tom, everybody in that building that you talk to raves about how great of a guy oh, you're yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody. So I don't – I would be shocked if there was any type of bridge burning in that regard. You know, that's where I'm going with that because – Everybody talks about how he is just the nicest dude ever, is a great person. I mean, again, I, I mentioned Tom Bradley, who does shows with us on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh sometimes. Like Tom Bradley has said to me before, like he's the marry your daughter type of guy. Like that's how everybody feels. Yeah, there's no so bad I can't, blood. Yeah. I can't imagine that there was bridges burned, and, and that's the thing that's keeping keeping it away. No, it's just he's he's aging out as a player, and I,
2: it is very clear that the Steelers are moving this roster in the direction of youth. And that has been amplified by every free agent signing that they've had this offseason. He just would be an outlier if you brought him in. He he would be on the wrong side of 30, on the wrong side of 35. Like, you... Which for that position It just doesn't fit the mold that they're trying to – or the direction that they're clearly trying they're to They're trying get. to turn a page yes, in, in a way. And, and get younger. And yeah. I think they're willing to maybe go through some growing pains this year and next year to have that youth develop into their prime together. And, you know, two, three years down the road when they are in their prime and they've played together for, uh, you know, however many games, 30-so games together – they'll be ready to compete and contend in the AFC North and and, in the AFC in general. That's clearly the direction they're going. And if you brought in Hayden, he would just be
0: the odd man out because you couldn't expect him in those two to three years from now to even be there. Right, right. No, that's a good point by you. He's Tom Opperman. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz, the bonus hour here, third hour of coverage live from OTAs. It's day number three here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We're going to take our last break of the show here before we turn things over to the drive. Matt Williamson. And Dale Lolly will have great stuff for you, as always, from 1 until 4. You get a bonus hour of those two fine gentlemen as well. So last segment of the show, you guys know what that means. This is the part where we turn it over to you. We've gotten a few tweets throughout the show that we will get to. Uh, If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, reactions for us, now is the chance. Tweet now or hold your peace until next week. uh, At Wesley Euler at Madden Producer is where you can get those in. We'll do that when we return and wrap up the show on the other side. Wesley Euler, Tom Offerman. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Here on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, before we turn things over to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. They'll have you covered from 1 until 4. Three hours of the drive. Bonus hour of each show down here for OTAs. This will be our last day of OTA coverage this week. But do not fear, still six more days. Three next week, three the following week leading into June. Mm. Of course, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, our coverage begins here at 10 a.m. every single day on SNR. Uh, six hours of live coverage here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's really a snowball now, right? Rolling downhill. These OTAs right into the
2: mandatory minicamp. Before you know it, we're up at St. Vincent's having a beer at Sharky's together.
0: Ah, now that sounds like a plan. <laughs> That's something that Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly will get on as well, too. Uh, you, you know, right? It, it is. And it's funny. It's it's something that, that, that Moats jokes about a lot is how, like, throughout these processes, you – Try and convince yourself, both as a player, both as a fan. Oh, there's there's still a lot of time, right. right? No matter. Ah, there's time for the offensive line to come together. It's only May. Oh, there's time to figure this out. Oh. It's it's only May. It's only May becomes only June, and then it's July, because it's only and, yeah. well, it's training camp, and now it's preseason. Oh, well, we've still got a few more weeks to to work these things out. Uh, it is it's it is crazy how fast this whole process goes. Um, that is, I guess, life in general, but particularly life in the National Football League, where it doesn't stop for anyone, and it really has become a, a 12-month-a-year sport that uh, that demands the headlines and all of those different things. Uh, Thomas, what do you say here to close us down? We get to some of the tweets. I love it. Let's hear from Steelers Nation. Well, let's do it then. Uh, Mark tweets us and said, heard you guys mention TJ Watt and the sack record a little bit earlier. If you had to put a percentage chance or a handicap on that, uh, what, do you, what would you say in terms of TJ's opportunity to completely break that record this year or in the near future?
2: 41% chance. Oh. I'd put a 41. Less than half. Yeah, less than 50. I mean, that's so hard to do, man. It is. And it's amazing that TJ was able to tie it this year with the amount of time he missed, the couple games that he missed. That's and the,
0: you know, I think a lot of people said, oh, well, he tied it, but he did it with an extra game, 17 games. He he, <laughs> he did it with less games. He than did it Michael with Strahan less games. Like, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to
2: go two Steelers-Homer on you here, but let's go two Steelers-Homer on you here. That was two sacks in that last Baltimore Ravens game, that aborted play nonsense. Oh, you go going there, huh? Well, right, am I wrong? I mean, that was a sack. I think it was. If, if what but, Brett Favre did in front of Michael Strahan was his final sack, for the, that was a sack that TJ had on Lamar Jackson. But I'd say maybe like a 41% chance that he can do it again. I, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year this year. I, I think he's going to have – I would definitely bet over – Dale says he's going to have 53 sacks this year. That's <laughs> incredible, Dale.
0: I tell you what, that would be a pretty good Steelers defense if that's but, the case.
2: I, I would bet money, if I knew that he was going to be healthy, that he'll get over at least 17.5. He'll get over at least a sack of game.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I I, think that, like, like tw- as long as he's relatively healthy, you know, maybe he misses a game or two. He did last year. As long he... as he's relatively healthy, I feel like 20 is about the mark for him. I agree. If he like, plays, that's if that's he plays, the point. If he plays 15 games, he can get 19, how many, 20. How many
2: did J.J. have 20 sack seasons? It was three, I believe, right? Was it three? Or I thought he had one where he was, like, 19 he and He was and right on here. the, the on. edge of, I'm, of, I'm, I'm of breaking the right 20 uh,
0: 20 and a half, 20 and a half. And then he had a a 17-and-a-half as well, too. So,
2: he's had two 20-sack seasons. TJ's had the most sacks out of either of the brothers in a single season, obviously. Only one person can boast as many sacks as TJ did for a single season. Uh, He's in the Hall of Fame, as Mm -hmm. TJ probably will be Mm -hmm. eventually as well. But I bet you that's a little motivating factor, too, for him. A little brotherly rivalry. Uh, Oh, yeah, I want to have the most 20-sack seasons of a Watt brother. Heck, yeah. And I got to admit, man, like, there's definitely a driving factor between those two and more so TJ now, since he's in his prime and what JJ's kind of done, who's going to be the top Watt, right? And yes. That's a really hard thing for TJ to knock JJ off of. Cause JJ was just a superstar. He's there. He like, he's on the track to do that. And he's done something that his older brother has never done before. So he's right there knocking on the door to be the best Watt brother. And uh, I, I would bet that to go back to his question, 41% chance, but I bet, like you said, 17-and-a-half at the very least is probably
0: an easy over to hit. You know, he's trying to get one thing that, that J.J. does not have other than the NFL sack record. Super Bowl ring. Super Bowl ring. Rod Dalla tweets us and uh, wants to know our thoughts on Joe Hayden potentially transitioning to play free safety for the rest of his football career. You've seen it happen before. You right? have in the past some success stories there. I tell you what though, you still got to be quick to play that position in the NFL now. You do. It's and not like it was before.
2: And it's a two way street. Joe Hayden might not want to play free safety. You I mean, can't just go to some guy and be like, "Hey, you want to play free safety?" And he he, has he says to, no, he, and then he, he you're has like, to right, agree well. to that. Like Joe Hayden's been a career cornerback, he has to agree to all of a sudden change his position. I don't think he would do that.
0: I do not think so either. Uh, Rod Dalla also says, you'd never hit Tom with the welcome to the party, pal. So what's that about a little diehard when when Moats and I have new guests for the first time or co-hosts, things like that. We always hit the, the sounder back in the studio. Welcome to the party, pal. But you've I think you filled in on the I've blitz been, before, uh, have been you? You know, know what?
2: I'm a I'm like a Mason Cole when it comes to the Steelers <laughs> center, uh, podcast guard, network. I tackle just fill in everywhere. You'll see me in the locker room with Wolf. I'm jumping on the blitz with you. Me and labs are cutting it up every once in a while. It's, I'm just everywhere.
0: Yeah, we did, did we see Labs? So today? you
2: don't need I did not see, I lab did see I was, Labs Day. I know. I know you're bone to, forward to pick with him. him. You guys do a show together. I know, you my buddy. I've never seen him I haven't seen him in months. He he's ducking me today. <laughs> But you don't need to welcome me to the party. I've been to the
0: party, pal. You've been to the party, pal. But, yeah, just in case. Yeah, welcome to the party, welcome pal. To the party, pal. Uh, David wants to know, you know, D. Have the Photoshop extraordinaire, wants to know, is Tom wearing a shirt out there? Is that one of the things that we can't disclose during OTAs? Can't
2: disclose it, David. I know you're a big Steeler fan. You know how this works. We are not allowed to report anything specific from OTAs, so mind
0: your own business. It is a you know what it's it's funny is like Moats and I were very clear to preface that leading up to OTAs and then on Tuesday the first day right that we do our best to paint the picture for you like yeah we can talk about how rocked up Najee Harris looks out here but we can't get into specifics until they're confirmed by the team right. So, you know, like, for example, after the first day of practice, Cam Hayward confirming to the media that, yes, Stephon Tewitt was not here. Then we can discuss that the following day. James
2: Daniels confirming to you I'm starting at right
0: guard Right, this year. Right guard is my position. Then we can talk about that once it, you know, you got to get it from the mouth of the horse, from the horse's mouth, right, is the, is the old the expression. The old adage. Tom, if I could just tell you, uh, Tuesday our first show begins, right, and by the second or third segment, I mean, we had probably close to a dozen Stephon to it out there, Deontay Johnson out there. Stephon, Stephon, to it, to it, to it. DJs, to it, DJ. And it's like, I love the passion, I love it, folks. But we, you know, we got some rules we got to abide out here with the to it thing. If I can, if I could, for a go second, go for it. Yeah. Don't you think that
2: behind doors there's been communication between the Steelers and him? Because if uh, I he would was, hope and, so. and uh, furthermore, that makes me think he's going to play. Because if he was talking to them, which I expect them to both be doing. At least the Steelers will be reaching out to him for sure, especially at this point. You you need to know. The fact that they're kind of operating in the shadows, of course, but with the notion that he's going to be here and there hasn't really been, you know, this, like, movement that you need to go sign more pieces to the defensive line or they didn't sign more. I know they drafted Liao, but it seems to me like the Steelers are operating kind of like they know he's going to be here. And that gives me a little bit of confidence. Like, again, I want to be clear. I have zero idea. No one does. If he will, if he won't. Just try, Only he just, does. Just kind of trying to read the tea leaves here. And it feels to me that if he wasn't or if the Steelers felt like he wasn't going to be coming back, they would have been more proactive in addressing the D-line. So I think you can kind of read that, between the lines there that's and kind of I'm surmise that he's probably going to be here at St. Vincent. That's. That well, I is. guess we'll find out. Minicamp will be the
0: because it's mandatory, so that'll yeah. be. We will know at the end of June. That's when the first fines could could happen. That's when the first fines could hit. That's when you've got to be here. I don't so, think they're going to find two, if he doesn't show up, I don't think they are either. They, but, DJ, on the other hand, maybe. Yeah. But you know what? Also, Tom, where it's one of those things where I don't think they would find him if he doesn't show up. If he doesn't show up for for mandatory minicamp at the end of June, that's when I think you really have to start preparing for life with like you have to assume he's not going is, to be easily
2: already like is he going to start or do you need is to hit Wormley the going to be in the or inside and alu alu is going to be on the do you outside? need to
0: try and you know get a veteran guy from somebody else for a fourth or fifth round camp pick, casualty like we've, we've, or something we've like seen that. in the past i'm with you on that i it, it wouldn't be completely the end of it shut the door but it would also be time to start operating under the premise of him not being there i think uh, a couple more here to get to. Don Juan tweets us and says, you know, you guys talking about Steelers travel this year. The Steelers go to Vegas on Christmas Eve against the Raiders, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Don Juan, I got some news for you, cousin. That ain't going to be in Vegas, Don Juan. That game's on the north shore of That's Pittsburgh here, field, right. And on the Friday night before that game, because that game's on a Saturday, Christmas Eve. Yeah, right. They're doing a 50th anniversary um, commemorative celebration at the spot in the gold lot down there where the where the ball was caught for the Immaculate Reception.
2: What an amazing celebration that's going to be, but I would just like to celebrate a win over the
0: Raiders for once. I mean, yeah. you
2: want to talk about a bogey team oh, in the like NFL? You. They just cannot beat the Raiders. You I just lying. want to beat the Raiders. And, by the way, probably the best Raiders team they've faced in the long time. That's yeah. going nice to be coming in. Raiders are going to be a, a good. good
0: team. Yep. It's going to be Christmas Eve. It'll be in prime time. It'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But, yeah, that's going to be in Pittsburgh, Don. Well, you can't have the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception to, on the losing Las team's turn. I mean, seriously. Yeah, no, that one's in Pittsburgh. The Steelers do not leave the East Coast time zone for a regular season game this year. They, they could in the playoffs. You know, they could always end up going Kansas City or something like that again. Um, they could end up going to Las Vegas for a playoff game against the Raiders. But in the regular season, the Steelers do not leave the East Coast time zone. Last tweet here, Thomas, before we uh, turn this thing over to Matt and Dale. CR, Steeler Nation Chicago. Uh, He's on the tweets now, Tom. Uh, he said, The Wild Wild West and Tom Terrific. There goes the neighborhood. Like McDonald's, I'm loving it. He says, I just want to let you know, Steeler Nation Worldwide, we're blessed to have all of you. Let's get this party started. Oh, okay. well, thank you, right, CR. So, we no real question, just always. a shout out there. All you know right, what? Nice. It's funny, anytime I'm hosting the show solo, like, I'll always open the show on days when Motes is off, and I'll be like, ah, you've just got me on the Blitz today. You know, I'm riding solo. CR tweets me right away, and he's like, you're never riding solo. you got you've us got with us all.
2: you. We're, we're all behind you, Wes. That's exactly right. So we
0: appreciate that, as always. Thanks to everybody who tweeted us. Thanks to Jacob. Uh, back at the ranch doing his best to uh, to keep us crisp down here. And uh big shout out to Tom Opperman for filling in for Arthur Motes today. I yeah, appreciate no problem, you uh, coming always down here and putting in uh, putting in the shift with us.
2: Anytime. Thanks to Jack and Miles Jack and Mason Cole too. Uh, it's yes, it's on. good
0: call and Steelers PR for, for hooking us up with those guys. It'll be Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson for the next three hours, and then that'll conclude our week one coverage. But we'll be back on Tuesday for another week of OTAs for you here on SNR. So you know where to find us, where to get the best stellar coverage in town as always. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, SNR.